Hey there, Koejo here, and I understand that running your own Facebook ads can be quite complicated and intimidating, and yet, at this point, you're not ready to hire out Facebook ad management. So, if this is you, I can teach you how to run your own Facebook ads. One-on-one, -on -one, unlimited support over the next 28 days. We will have three Zoom calls, and in between those calls, you get all the support and all my strategies I will audit your graphics, your ad copy, make sure that you're set up the way that's working best for my clients. We'll take care of all the analytics. I will coach you step by step how to troubleshoot ads, how to know when to scale, and how to read all the signs so that you're equipped to run successful lead magnet campaigns and profitable sales campaigns and registration campaigns for your launch or what have you. If you need this kind of support from me right now, then click the link in the show notes below. It's the art of online business forward slash call. I've been doing this all along, but now the offer is just focused on helping you run your successful ad campaign within the next 28 days and the next five people get a pretty nice discount. All right, the link is in the show notes below. Back to the episode. Welcome to the Art of Online Business Podcast. My name is Rick Mulready, and I'm an online business coach, Facebook and Instagram ads expert, lifestyle entrepreneur, and I'm a total coffee snob as well. Each week, you're going to learn actionable strategies, mindsets, and tips that take the guesswork out of growing and scaling a profitable online business so that you can truly become an entrepreneur with impact. This podcast is your secret weapon for fast-tracking the growth of your online business. Let's do this. All right, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you, as always, for tuning in today. I super appreciate you for taking the time to come hang out with me. And I really hope all is going well, whatever you're up to right now as you're listening to uh, the show. Now, today is part two of my in-depth discussion all about podcasting with my buddy and podcasting expert, Charlie Valor. Now, if you have not yet listened to last week's episode, you don't necessarily need to listen to that one before this one, but last week's episode is a must listen because we're breaking down all things podcasting here in this mini series, right? Last week we talked about, you know, who should and should not be starting a podcast, what's working right now to reinvigorate podcasts if you already have one. We talked about types of shows that you can use to differentiate yourself among everybody else out there. What Charlie is excited about when it comes to podcasting, setting expectations for your show. And now today, we're going to talk all about marketing and promoting your podcast episodes because if you want more downloads, then adding another episode during the week is not necessarily the answer. Why not promote and market the amazing content that you're putting out so that more of your perfect customers can hear you and get value from you and start to build a relationship with you? So that's what we're diving into today, promoting and marketing your podcast, whether you're just starting out or you already have a show. Now, this is a question I get a lot from my accelerator coaching members who have podcasts already. How do I grow this thing? How do I promote it? And so if you are an online course creator or you're an online coach and you're already averaging at least seven to eight K per month in your business and you're looking to scale, you're looking to grow that business, but you want to do that while actually working less 
on your business. If that is you, if you're spinning your wheels now, you're feeling overwhelmed with everything, I would love to help you and my team would love to help you as would all the other amazing online entrepreneurs would love to help you who are inside of my accelerator coaching program. We are accepting applications right now. If you want to learn more about Accelerator and then fill out the application to apply, go to rickmulready.com forward slash Accelerator. All right, my friend, without further ado, let's go back and dive in and hang out with Charlie Valor. So we talked about, you know, right, it's not too late to start a show by any stretch, types of things, formatting, et cetera. How do we grow? How do we get the most traction with, you know, how do we get the highest leverage? When we're, if we're launching a show, how do we get the highest leverage from that? And then also, I'd love for you to talk about sort of, and I know this is really hard to say, but what can one expect in the way of number of downloads per episode? Because I think what happens is so many people start comparing themselves to other bigger shows and they think like, I was talking to somebody recently and they were like, yeah, I'm only getting like, I'm only getting like 10,000 downloads a month. And I was like, wait, how many episodes do you publish a month? They're like four. And I'm like, that's really good. <laughs> you know? And so I just think people's expectations are just sort of, you know, unfortunately a little bit out of whack when in fact, as you just mentioned, Charlie, when we're super niching down, that is really like we are serving the audience that we really truly want to serve. And so let's talk about all that. So somebody starting a show. What are the highest leverage things that they can do to get the biggest bang for the buck, if you will, with their new show? I'm actually going to cover this one in reverse because I think it's important um, for context. So yeah. we'll, do, we'll do expectations first, and then I'll talk about how to grow these things really well. I, I think what's really difficult as podcasters is, is understanding what the goal is. Like I have people where they will, I literally, when they come and do an audit with me, I ask them the first question of like what their goal is. And they'll say, oh, I want really qualified leads and to grow my business, or I want sales. And then un- like straight away, as we go into that conversation, it's like, downloads, why are my downloads bigger? And I'm like, you, you realize they're disconnected, right? They're not a linear thing. Like downloads doesn't equal uh, leads or sales. Mm-hmm. So having a show that's focused on downloads is different than a show that's focused on leads and sales. I think as a first point of call, You have to be really clear on understanding that. And I think the same is true in internet marketing. People are obsessed with traffic and not quality of traffic. Yeah. I think that that's a really interesting place to start. The second point is is you have to recognize uh, niche. So if my goal is to start a big show, I have to pick a broader audience that will appeal to people. Otherwise, I may never have enough people to reach that number. However, if my goal is to be really profitable... I really want to speak, uh, pick a smaller market that no one's serving that have deep pockets. Now, I mentioned before about property development. Mm. Now, that show I, I was referencing before will never get 10,000 downloads a month. There's not that many developers in the country yeah. that do that type of um, development. Sure. At max, maybe 5,000, maybe. And I would mm. be stretching that. However, that podcast will likely produce multiple six figures. And I mean, multiple in the next 12 months. And I go, well, I'm happy to have a small audience if I'm doing that. Or conversely, maybe you want a bigger audience. So I just want to really align to people that niche and goal matter so much here before you get obsessed with downloads. And you can really set yourself up on a path for stress, feeling like you're failing, feeling like you're focusing on the wrong things, trying to manipulate your activities for clickbait and tweaking titles. 
rather than serving an audience well, which would actually get you the far better result. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned multiple six figures. Are, are you referring to sponsorships or products sold from the podcast for that person's business or both? Both in this case. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting is people come on this show and they want to sell, like for instance, finance products. So he has them on and will do affiliate deals or sponsor deals with mm-hmm. them. Yep. And then conversely, they have a whole education business teaching people how to do these types of developments. And then they have a consulting business. So this is, a, this is what I love the most. So he comes on and basically talks about developments and how they fail and what goes wrong. And people come on uh, I will contact him and be like, all right, I've destroyed this development. It's completely screwed. What's it going to cost for you to fix it? <laughs> And um, that is one of those moments where it's like uh, it's astronomical because he has such specialized knowledge in how to fix that. Mm-hmm. You can imagine it's like uh, the old saying of you know there's a factory that's producing ten thousand dollars a day and then you know it stops and then a guy comes in and and says well I, I want five thousand dollars to fix it and they go sure sure fix it we want our ten thousand dollars and he comes in and just turns one screw and then it, it all works right yeah. and it's like well how can you charge me so much for this and it's like well it's not the idea that how long it took, it's that you needed someone who had that type of knowledge. Yeah. That podcast is a trifecta of it. Just kills it on sponsorships, it kills it on education, and it kills it on um, consulting, which is why it will be so heavily profitable. Yeah. So again, if your goal is to be profitable, you can see that some of these micro niches could be far more profitable because of the knowledge that comes with them than trying to serve a mass market where it's that knowledge isn't as valued. Yeah. I love it. So I, I love that one as an example because it always messes with people's perspective. I'm like, oh, but I've been focused on downloads. And like I do too. I love good downloads. And sure. I'll admit, when I send a client a report and they've had great downloads, they're happy and I'm happy. It's something special about downloads. But yeah. it isn't the uh, one and all. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing I'd really set people up for. Now, uh, you mentioned a really good question there about like expectations on things. And again, this is the discerning point. If you have an existing audience, an existing email list, an existing following, then you can grow a podcast really quick. Like, And I would emphasize that the difference between someone who has existing leverage and relationships versus doesn't is massive. So for people that are starting from scratch, if you see podcasters that, I don't know, have big brands like Oprah, <laughs> like please don't compare yourself to the bigger names that have been doing this a long time because it will, again, set you up for heartbreak. What I really like to see for people, if you're in a businessy niche in general, like 10,000 downloads a month is probably your sweet spot of target of what you should be going for. And in your first 12 months, is that's really your aim. And if you could build that up over your first 12 months, you've done pretty well. That would mean you've nailed a lot of things. But, and this is why I wanted to do it in this order, is that if you're spending no effort in growing your show and you're just making content and publishing it and hoping people find it, that definitely won't happen. <laughs> you okay. set yourself up a failure right there. I want to put a pin in that because that is something I want to dive into a little bit more deeply. So I want to come back to that if that's okay. Sure. When we have our expectations set, we know what our goal is. We know what sort of a our definition of success, quote unquote, for the show is going to be. We're going to launch the show. Somebody asked me literally two days ago on a coaching call, all right, I'm going to be launching a show. What should my plan be? <laughs> right. And that's a broad question. But I said, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this and just tell me if I was wrong or not. But, you know, when I launched my show, granted, it was a long time ago, and I've coached other people on this for a long time as well. You want to launch with a, a group of episodes. So, you know, anywhere from three to five, 
at first and then have you know maybe 10 to 20 other episodes maybe 10 to 15 maybe more reasonable in the bank if you will so that because putting a podcast on is a lot of work right and we have to make sure that we're consistent when we are releasing the show so pick a day of the week for example that the show is going to be coming out and by you know grouping those together uh, or having a small group of of show of episodes i should say when you launch that way somebody's not listening just one you know one episode they're like oh this is great now i got to wait for more well give them you know give them a, a bigger taste of what the show is going to be about right off the bat and then to have that sort of bank of other episodes ready to go if you will then they can just you know those are scheduled scheduled out and then they can start working on the next group and not have to worry about oh i got to you know i have to do next week's episode right now and then you know they're they're already behind and they're just starting out what what are your thoughts on sort of how one should think about all right i'm going to launch the show got the goal got the format what to do now can you give me the niche let's uh oh of that person it was they were serving virtual assistants uh, and oh. this is just one example and so they were teaching they were teaching people how to become a virtual assistant okay um teaching people how to become a virtual assistant so they're not selling vAs they're actually training uh people to become vAs correct yeah. All right. Okay. Let's let's do this one. I'm re- I'm ready. Okay. So first thing I would say is that we encourage, and what we uh, do with our clients is to be four weeks ahead at all times. Is what we want to be the standard. Now, I do love it when people record much more than that, but the challenge becomes that sometimes their episodes can become irrelevant or they come out too delayed, where it's like something's already changed. Yeah. So if you're in uh, Facebook ads, <laughs> you have to be close to things because iOS 14, new update, you could have episodes coming out that are just off, off the mark. Yeah. Like too yeah. much has already happened. Yeah. So four yeah. weeks is my encouraged sweet spot. And then, of course, like be diligent, be planned. If you know you've got a holiday coming up, like do some extra ones before that. Or if Christmas coming around, like build a bank. I think that it's a really clever way to uh, do it. Now, as for like how many episodes you should release with, um, I used to once upon a time agree with the thinking that you should have three or four to start things off. Mm-hmm. And it used to actually be a trick to climb the rankings because you would have a new show and then you'd yeah. get multiple downloads, except that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> so it doesn't hold. Is that because we're competing against with all these other massive shows now, like the bigger brands, if you will? Uh, to a degree, yes. Okay. Uh, I just think that the way things rank and getting in the new and noteworthy has changed completely. I'll probably leave that out. I'll cover that uh, later in the growth component. Sure. But I would not have as a part of anyone's strategy, okay, our our game plan is to get into new and noteworthy. Right. That's how we show. I think that's a terrible idea. Now, the way I think about this is almost like health and fitness. Like the idea that we're going to get all these episodes together and do all these things is like that we're going to, all right, we're going to get our shoes, we're going to buy new equipment, we're going to get our diet right. And I think that it's very overwhelming for people to start. So I'm like, let's start with one. Like, let's just get into really good habits and build one on top of the other. So I like to think of podcasting as like, it's the intertwining of compound interest. It's like the uh, index fund and Warren Buffett of marketing. Where it's like we just want to like stack week on week and compound and compound and compound. Yeah. Um, and the reason is for that as well is that your first couple of episodes, and no offense to the new podcasters, probably aren't going to be your best ones. And this is something oh, yeah. you're yeah. going to get more skilled at as well. So we like to play that game of growing into it and increasing as we go. So that's the setup from there. 
But I want to go deeper on this one because I like this topic. I think this is a good one. Okay, if I was this person, I would release one episode at the start, four episodes ahead at all times. So you've got a bank rolling from there. The way I would go about this one is I would definitely do video. I think video is great for this market because people are searching on YouTube for topics around VAs and how do you become a VA. The things I would cover, I would do interviews with other VA, other people who are VAs talking about what their journey was to becoming a VA mm-hmm. and the results they're getting in their life right now. And then I'd also do, in this case, probably tutorial episodes. Like I would really love to see some starts to finishes on that because I think that would be a really cool idea for this show. As for marketing this show, I, I quite like this one a bit and we'll go deeper into these strategies. Organically, I would highly recommend YouTube for this one. And then on the other side of things, I'd probably use Facebook ads as the potential way to drive traffic. I think those two as a combo in this niche will probably do the best. So are you saying don't do audio, don't release, or just video? Uh, To set some context around that, I would do audio as well, because it is very, very likely that the audio will be listened to. But I think the discovery path, I call it, most people will find you on video in one of these mediums and then Mm -hmm. jump over to audio if they're going to be someone who listens in the car. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Let's do a 60 seconds on equipment because I really want to talk about growth. Okay. So I'll give you my thought and then I'd love to hear your thought. So I interviewed someone this morning uh, for the show here and she was using the microphone that I used early on, which was the Audio Technica ATR 2100 until it just died one day. <laughs> but it's like a $75 USB mic and it sounds great. Great. Like I just plug it in and go. And I remember doing an episode in Bali when I was on my I was on my I was on my talk about getting behind in episodes years ago. I was doing an episode in Bali on my honeymoon. <laughs> and I all I had was a microphone and it sounded fine. But anyway, so it was years before I went to like the microphone I have right now, which is the Heil PR40. Honestly, my favorite equipment things that I have are this little microphone flag with the name of the podcast on it. Everyone always asks about that. And then this bar that I have, like that allows me to swing the microphone around. Like seriously, like that's my favorite. Those are my favorite things. I think mostly because I have no idea what I'm doing with the equipment. And I use a focus right something. It's a little red box. I don't really know what it does, honestly, but I plug into that and that's all I use. And I think it's probably like in t- well, with this microphone I have here, I mean, it's like a $400 setup just for the microphone itself, but one doesn't have to start out that way. What do you recommend for someone just kind of getting going with their equipment needs? I love how you said 60 seconds on this. I know. I, I was just thinking that. Like, well, that was three minutes myself. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a big topic and people can get very confused. So I think for beginners, the ATR2100 is a fantastic microphone. I have one myself and used one for many years. Um, it's like the Toyota of microphones. It's a workhorse. Yeah. This thing is not the most glamorous at all, but it just keeps going. And yeah. I think it's a very high quality. So for starters, I'm a really big fan. And then right now I'm using the Rode pod mic. Now, the mic you have is, as well is fantastic, but even more expensive than the one I have now. I'm completely biased on Rode products. Yeah. I think if you're an intermediate to advanced podcaster, Rode is where you want to play. I think they make fantastic things and um, I'm hugely towards that. But I will say on the topic of microphones, the thing that I find the most interesting is 
I'll watch people with $1,000 microphones, the SM7Bs and um, the robot ones and all the other ones, and they don't know how to use them. And it is like someone who doesn't know how to drive a Ferrari having a Ferrari. It's like you're just never going to get the value out of it. So I would say that the number one thing to buy with a microphone is a boomer. Like if you're a podcaster, the microphone should be about a fist away from your mouse. And if you sit it on a desk or... Far away like this, that probably sounds fantastic about now. Um, you will no- just notice that just moving the microphone can make such a huge difference in sound quality. Yeah. So on the audio side, um, again, basics, my recommendations, ATR2100, start there, and then just go deep on the road products. I think they're amazing value for the cost. Okay. Awesome. All right. That was a little bit more than 60 seconds on uh, because of me, but uh, I like how you went right to it, right for it. All right, let's talk about growth. Because one conversation that that you and I had a few weeks ago was, you know, oftentimes, and I've thought this myself. All right, I want to get more downloads. Let's add another episode per week. I'm already already publishing t- uh, two episodes a week, Wednesday and Friday. Another episode isn't necessarily the uh, solution. And I love the. I don't remember. I'm sure you do remember this, but you gave me an amazing analogy and you said because you see my iron man you know that i'm a big marvel fan and you said okay let's use this example here like you said you and your wife have some date time if you will and you're gonna go to the movies and there you go to the movie theater and there's a new marvel movie out but there's also like three other movies that are just so so which one am i going to choose which one are we going to choose to go see like the amazing Marvel movie or these three other sort of B movies, if you will. And I was like, well, this is just no brainer, but I love how you put that. And so adding another episode is not necessarily the answer. So how does one start to grow our show? And, you know, you mentioned podcast or excuse me, uh, Facebook ads before. Let's talk about that for a second, because your point of view, from my understanding is, yeah, keep publishing. But instead of publishing more, like more episodes per week, for example, let's focus on the marketing side of promoting the content that you're actually putting out. Yeah, well, this is a huge topic, huge topic. In, in, in 60 seconds, Ant. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so I have to set some uh, context here because I think this is really interesting. Um, so my paid uh, marketing company, we got acquired. So it was a really good news story is that I sold that company and I, I went into the company I have today, uh, Valor Media. Now, what I was fascinated about is when I first got into podcasting and I, I'm doing podcasting, I'm looking and talking with all these other podcasters and like they're seemingly underwear, like unaware that like Facebook ads exist. Uh, so they've got this whole set of skills and I'm like, why is no one running ads? Mm-hmm. Like, seems pretty obvious, doesn't it? Like if you want people to go to something on the internet, uh, you either run ads or do SEO or build an email list, like what, one of these things. And I noticed this real obsession towards like more episodes. And I would yeah. meet people and their strategy is like, cool, we're going from four to five. And uh, I just like, I'm watching the degrading of them. Now, this is the thing that highlighted me. It's like, you know yourself how hard it is to make content, especially yeah. good content. Sure. It's like, if you just keep increasing the frequency of episodes, all that happens is that they burn out. And they yeah. do something called pod fading, which is a term that's coined by the industry of people burn out from over podcasting and then degrade. Now, the big challenge in the idea that you mentioned earlier is that people do more episodes and then it hits that dopamine because their downloads will spike. And then they think they're doing the right thing, but 
over time, if the quality of content isn't at that level or maintained, people fade away and the numbers actually go worse. And then they think, oh, add another episode. And it's this really, really dangerous cycle. Mm. Now, con- conversely, you mentioned this earlier. There's a podcast called Serial. Yeah. Um, it was like, uh, it didn't do multiple episodes a week. It was one series. But what made that podcast so successful is someone would listen to it and be like, they felt compelled to share it with another person. Like, oh my God, have you heard of this? Like, have yeah. you heard of this thing? And that's the effect we want to create. So if we are going to make content, the aim and ability is to be like Marvel. It's like they make something and it's like everyone's talking about it. Movies are changing their settings and mm-hmm. like they're not showing other movies. This is all that's on. <laughs> right, right. Um, and I look at that and go, that they're the greatest de- demonstration of making content people want to consume. Um, so that is like my whole thing that is the core of a podcast being successful is you want to be more like that or Game of Thrones or any of these other content makers where they've made something people are obsessed with. They've made something that people are hanging to listen to and compelled to share. So that's your starting bit on growing a great podcast. Now, coming back to my story here is that I noticed again that people were very obsessed with like new and noteworthy and Mm -hmm. also uh, getting reviews. Now, over time, like people just started manipulating reviews or buying reviews online and Apple doesn't even use reviews in their algorithm to rank a show anymore. They actually use download and subscribe uh, stats. But again, audio podcasts have become saturated and audio is also a really hard uh, medium to market. So what I mean is that if you've ever used like audiograms or tried to send people little audio clips to try Mm -hmm. and entice them to listen to your podcast, it's very ineffective. It was cool for a bit, maybe a few years ago, but I don't actually think it's good for people. What has worked tremendously well for us in the last, I'll say, two years now coming up on is that video is what every social platform wants. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, it's like video does well. So our whole ideation was to start making our podcast video and then to use that video as itself as marketing material. So we cut a lot of like what I would call snippets and short Mm -hmm. clips from the podcast we promote those short clips and then we on the platform that's suitable for the niche. So if you're in B2B, like it's on LinkedIn. If you're in fitness, it's on Instagram it, or Facebook or whichever one is suitable and really harnessing where people are at and where a market is to drive them to the show from there. So that has been our like content strategy to do it. And then secondary to that, we make sure that with every podcast, you want to be growing an email list. Like they go hand in hand. And if you can synergize people getting onto your list, you email them with a new episode when it comes out, and you're also driving new people to your podcast through the platforms and video ads that are appropriate, then you can grow a really good show. Yeah. Like that is it. a go-to strategy. Um, organically, I'll just mention one, one more. Yeah. The only platform I can get to work organically is YouTube. I'm not having any luck with any of the feed-based ones. It just seems like it's so much that you've got to squeeze so hard for this like tiny, tiny amount of juice where uh, YouTube has been very generous to me in recent times. I've been reading a lot more too about advertising on other other shows or not other shows. Oh, I mean, yes, you can do that, but on other like platforms, like Overcast, for example, just leveraging it's still paid paid traffic, but it's where people are listening. What are your thoughts on that? All right, so I this 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 is where we're about to go polarizing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, what app do you listen to podcasts on? I just I'm kind of I'm going back and forth, and I'm just blanking on the name right now. It's oh Player FM. I'm listening on that. I, I love the player itself, but the 
finding episodes and like showing what I'm subscribed to, I'm finding very frustrating. Also, I just got an Apple Watch and I can't, I have to upgrade to the premium in order to listen to it, listen to a show like when I'm out for a walk with Maya. And so that's what I've been listening on. Okay. So if you, I, if you give me another this. one, I love the shiny objects when it comes to apps. <laughs> you are a bit more of a connoisseur than most people. So you probably appreciate uh, some of these things. But when I look at the stats of our shows, overwhelmingly, like it's Apple. Spotify yep. and YouTube. And when I look to that is like advertising on Overcast or any of these other ones is just not where people are. Yeah. I would love it for me. I would heavily love it if everyone would use Overcast and I could buy ads on their platform. But the challenge I have and what I've seen routinely is that we haven't been able to get a great result from monetization in advertising on those platforms because those platforms don't generally attract a big enough mass to get yeah. the results we're going for. So yeah. this is a like supply and demand issue. I'm not against what they're doing, but um, I actually think it's really awesome. But the one that's going to nail that is going to be Spotify because they're building the mass where if they get the ads platform right, it will be fantastic. Yeah. But until then, I am completely biased towards YouTube ads and Facebook ads because I feel like they are going to be the most advantageous here. Yeah, I love it. Charlie, my man, we could talk about this forever. <laughs> um, Again, we've talked about a lot of topics here. And with a final thought here, is there anything that we didn't cover that you know we'll keep to the 60-second thing here? Is there something that you definitely uh, think that should definitely be mentioned here? Yeah, I'll throw in one more on growth because I think this is particularly helpful to people as well, is collaborations is still a great way to do it. Yeah. So this isn't so much a marketing strategy, but it's more of a if you can uh, hang out with the other podcasters in your niche, if you can treat them as potential collaborators rather than competition, yep. you'll likely rise the whole tide here. So going on each other's shows, doing collaborations, doing debates, uh, simulcasting, all those things definitely still work. And I think are a fantastic way to grow a show as well. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Where can people connect with you to learn more about Valor Media, but also just everything you've got going on to so that people can connect and learn more about what you have what you have going on. Awesome. So there's a couple of things. I make a heap of resources on our website. So for podcasters that are wanting to pick up some handy how-tos and tutorials, head over to valamedia.com slash resources. And there's a whole page of different ones you can pick up there. Again, one of the things I do a lot of these days is audit podcasts and help kind of align them. So uh, and I know yourself has done that, Rick, and many others yeah. have as well. I will go through someone's show and help them kind of align their strategy. So if you do go over to our site and look at the audit page, Put in your details. It is 50 bucks, but I assure you it'll be the best 50 bucks you spend on your yeah. podcast. Yeah. I, I recently, guys, I, I recently did that with Charlie and it was amazing. You know, we talked, we went even deeper on some of the things we're talking about here today, but obviously specific to my show. And I've been doing this a long time and we've had great success with it, but I'm always looking for ways to, okay, how to make it better. And doing an audit with Charlie was super valuable. So, I'll link all of the links up that Charlie just mentioned uh, to be able to connect with him on the show notes for today's episode. Charlie, my man, thank you for coming on here. I super appreciate you. My pleasure. Thank you, Rick. Ah, so good. So good. I could talk about podcasting all day long and uh, I get to talk to Charlie all day long as well. I'll be sure and have him back on the show to talk more about podcasting in the not-so-distant future. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we are accepting applications right now for my Accelerator Coaching Program. 
This program is for online course creators or online coaches. Uh, we also have a bunch of teacher entrepreneurs in there as well who are just doing amazing things. If you are one of those people that just described and you're already averaging at least seven to 8K per month in revenue from your online business and you wanna grow, you wanna scale, but you wanna do that while working less, while not having to do all the things in your business and you're feeling overwhelmed and very likely heading towards burnout if you're not there already. And you wanna simplify things in your business and you want a smarter marketing plan and sales plan. If that's you, I wanna invite you to apply for the Accelerator Coaching Program. Just go over to rickmulready.com forward slash accelerator where you can learn more see a whole bunch of videos from current and former members about their experience in Accelerator, and then also fill out the application right there. All right, my friend, thank you as always for tuning in today. I super appreciate you. Make sure that you have subscribed to the podcast here so that you don't miss any episodes I've got coming your way. Until the next time, my friend, be well, and I will talk to you soon. Do you want to avoid the seven biggest mistakes that burn through course creators ad money? I see these over and over and over again, and I put them together in a mini email series. This is not fluff. Each of the seven mistakes, I also have a recorded video tutorial showing you inside of Facebook ad manager how to fix those mistakes. This is good, solid, and it will save you money or help you make more money with your Facebook ads click down in the show notes below. You'll see the link and you can go download it right now for free.